Locks me in on TalkZone.com, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, greetings and salutations. I am here for another week of Don't Box Me In. Uh, you know, there's some statistics, uh, and according to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are about 40 million uh, immigrants in the United States today, which makes up about 13% of the total U.S. population. These, these statistics show that 45% of undocumented immigrants living in the United States uh, came here legally but have just let their documents expire. Um, it's also a myth that undocumented immigrants don't pay taxes. Uh, undocumented immigrants pay taxes every time they buy gas, clothes, or new appliances. They also contribute to property taxes uh, when they buy or rent a house or rent an apartment. The Social Security Administration estimates that half to three-quarters of undocumented immigrants pay federal, state, and local taxes, including uh, $6 billion to $7 billion in Social Security taxes for which they will never get. My guest today is a young lady struggling with the pitfalls of being one of the undocumented in America. Today, she has been so kind enough and bold enough to share her story with me. And uh, Miss Aileen, I'd like to welcome you to Don't Box Me In today. Hello, Miss Lady. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I told you I'm not going to try to attempt the last name, but go ahead and say it for me. Your last name. Okay. Huh? You want the last name? Yes, please. Urkia. Your Kia. Your Kia. Okay. So tell me, Miss yes. Lady, uh, when did you come to the United States? I came out to the United States in uh, 1998. 1998. Um, and how old were I you then? Here, I was seven years old. Oh, seven years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you came here with your, your, your parents? Uh, no, my mom... She left me um, in my country for two years with my grandma, and, uh, and then she got married, and that's how she requested me to come to the United States with uh, with my permanent um, residence, and that's why I got I came here uh, with my grandma. Actually, she dropped me off here, and then she left. Um, okay, so that's you, you say your you say your mom got married. Um, did your mom get married to somebody who was American citizen, or how did that happen? Yes, yes. He was American citizen, okay. and um, and that's how she requested me to come here with legal papers. Okay, and so you were seven when you came here. Um, so sh- she has to fill out uh, some sort of. I guess she can bring a certain amount of her family members over at that particular time. Is that how that works? Yes, um, she. The the way she did it was uh, when she got married. Um, she went to she hired an attorney, and uh, she requested, um, I guess, a visa uh, for mm-hmm. me. Uh, so I was able to come here with that, and um, and she did pay a lot of money for that too, probably thousands okay. of dollars, just to get oh, here. Okay. So was yeah. it just you that came, or was it brothers and sisters that came too? No, it's just me. I have other brothers, but they were born here in the United States. I was the only one that oh. was born in um, Honduras. Oh, Honduras. Okay. So I'm guessing since you came here um, at seven years old, you attended school and everything here? 
Yes, yes, I did. Um, okay. Yeah. So how long did, so she got you um, a temporary resident card when you came here at seven. How long did that last for? Okay, so in, um, when I came here, I went to school and everything. And in 2002, I was supposed to get my, my permanent resident card. I only had the temporary one that lasted for two years. And in 2002, um, that's when I never got the, the new one. And when my mom went to immigration, they told her that the case was closed um, just because she had missed an appointment. So, um, so it lasted for two years, and then after that, I never got anything else. Uh, so we thought that I didn't have any papers anymore or you know, so now that I found out, that I always did. Okay, so okay, so let me get this straight. Let me. So, 2002, so seven, eight, nine. So, about 11 years old, your mother went to, I guess, renew your uh, temporary card, and she was told that the case was closed. So you yes. didn't. You, yes. So the fam. So the family thought you were living here uh, illegal. They at the, I guess, undocumented at that time, right? Yes, yes, after that, um, well, we went, and then they told her it was closed, so after that, you know, we thought that I didn't have anything anymore, and she went to, she hired more attorneys, but they would just tell her that they, they, that immigration kept denying my case because they needed more proof, and that they couldn't accept me for, for a visa or, or a CPS or anything. They would always say, you know, it it was denied, and I'm guessing now they did they lied. Maybe mm-hmm. you know they wanted more money because mm-hmm. immigration sent them sent them letters saying that I was legal. You know, mm-hmm. so that kind of you know it's not cool at all. Yeah. So you were you were going to school at still during all this time though when your mother was going back and forth with the lawyers, right? You were still attending. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I was. Uh, okay. So I'm kind of So nobody was telling your mother that you were actually a legal resident during this time. No, nobody. Wow. So Yeah. Amazing. So how do you so you go to elementary school, I guess eventually you go to high school and graduate. I mean, somewhere along the way, you, you probably want to get your first job. Every teenager wants their first job and stuff. Um, did you still think you were undocumented at that time when it, it was about time for you to start to go out on your own? Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, actually, I, I got, you know, I got pregnant um, when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And that made it harder for me, um, you know, because I had to, I had to look for jobs, and it was really hard looking for a job, um, because I, I had to look for jobs that would pay me under the table. You know, that means cash. Mm-hmm. And then I was still going to school, and then you know, my mom, she doesn't have that much money either. You know, she has a job, but she has like five more kids besides mm-hmm. me to, you know, and I had to look for jobs, and you know, the jobs that I got were paying me like little but I, I had to really work my you know my butt off to mm-hmm. get money for me and my daughter 
So um, I actually had to had to drop out of school. Mm. Um, you know, because I have to work full time. Gotcha. And, and after that, I, 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 you know, I, I was looking forward to getting my GED, which I already did. So that was okay. really great, but it was really hard looking for jobs. You know, and the way they treat immigrants is not the same way they treat, you know, like, yeah. I guess legal people. Yeah. So when you when you had to drop, you had the baby and everything. You, how old were you when you had to drop out of high school? Uh, when I dropped out of high school, I, I was actually in eleventh grade. I was uh, seventeen. Okay. And, and uh, yeah. What What was the? Do you remember what were the first types of jobs that you were able to get? Uh, the first job was uh, uh, at a coffee shop. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a coffee shop, and uh, we just sold, um, I guess, just like beverages and stuff. That was my first mm-hmm. job. Yeah. And um, that's how that's how you paid, uh, I guess, pay for you and your daughter to live. Yes. Yes. Were you able to? Um, is it hard? I guess maybe for a teenage mom who's undocumented. I guess you guys need a place to stay. Were you staying with your mom at this time? Yes, I was staying with my mom. Uh, and that was also really hard because my mom, she was really hard with me. She was, I'm not, I, I don't want to say that she was mean, but she had to be that way just because, mm-hmm. you know, I did make a, you know, a few mistakes and by getting pregnant, you know, it was, it, I was, she wasn't looking for that and mm-hmm. it was kind of hard for her. So she was really, she was being like, okay, well, you decided to do this. Now you're going to be a woman and face the consequences of, of what you did. And, that's exactly what I did, and I thank her for that. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. good. It wasn't a good feeling being treated like that. But mm-hmm. now um, I think it was a really great thing for her to do that because even though um, I thought that I wasn't, you know, legal, I, I still, you know, work. I still managed to get my GED, and I'm looking forward for better things now that, you know, that I now that I find out that I am legal. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. A lot of people believe that if uh, an undocumented worker has a baby here in the United States, they're automatically d- given some sort of citizenship. Is that true? Like your daughter was born here. So um, is that the case that you're automatically granted some sort of documentation to stay here if your child is born here? Uh, no. Uh, for me or for my daughter? For, for, I guess, anybody, I'm going to say. No. Uh, well, since my daughter was born here, she is a, a citizen. But, mm-hmm. no, they, they don't give anything for parents okay. at all. Well, as okay. you see on the news, you know, they have deported a lot of parents and left kids, you know, foster. Sure. Gotcha. And um, so I guess you had to have the baby. You had some sort of medical care. How did you get the, the medical care? I got Medicaid for my daughter. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's a good thing for you. Because okay. I didn't have to pay for anything for doctors for her. Okay, gotcha. All righty, Miss Lady, it's time for my first break, but you hang tight, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk some more about your story. Hold on. Let's return to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. 
with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am talking to Miss Aileen today, and before the break, we were talking. Um, she was telling me she had uh, had the baby uh, and dropped out of high school, but went back to get her GED. Um, I wanted to know. Um, you said your first job was at a coffee house. Just out of curiosity, like, I guess it wasn't the best paying job. Do you recall how much you were having to survive off of? What were they paying you? Uh, they were paying me, I think, $7. Um, Seven. An hour. $7 an hour they were paying me. I, I mean, I don't think if you're uh, documented or undocumented, it's hard for anybody to live off of $7 an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, okay. Um, so how, when did you go back to get your GED? I actually got it um, this, this year. Oh, um, this year? I finally okay. got it. Yes, yes. Um, it's been really hard, you know, because I had a few jobs um, and full-time, and then I also, you know, I was also working two jobs at one time, and, I, I you know I tried um, going back to school, you know, to get my GED, but I didn't have a car and I can't, you know, I couldn't drive without a license. So nobody really let me borrow their car. And then when I asked for a ride, you know, they were actually asked me to, you know, they're like, oh well, if you want a ride, um, you have to pay for the gas. Mm-hmm. And that was every time. And yeah, so it was so basically all my money went either in babysitting. Uh, gas money for other people and rent. <laughs> gotcha. So you you don't drive, or you didn't drive just because you never learned, or is it part partly because you didn't think you had the documentation to get a driver's license? Uh, well, nobody ever really, really wanted to teach me. Um, mm-hmm. I guess because I didn't have a license, and they, nobody would really let me borrow the car. Um, but I did learn how to drive in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Like a few friends, you know, they were teaching me and they would let me borrow the car. So now I drive and I drive perfectly. Um, Go I ahead. still have a license. Yeah. All right. But, um, yeah, but it, it was it was hard. Um, you know, going back to school, I didn't, I, I couldn't, I had to get, you know, when I got off work, I would go straight to school and then sometimes it was it was late. You know, I got off school at eight at night. Mm-hmm. And. I didn't have a ride, so I would have to walk home. And mm. the school was like, it was like two miles away from home. So mm-hmm. I had to walk all that to my house at that time. Because I sometimes, you know, I couldn't pay a taxi every time I went to school because I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. How, how long did it take you to get your GED? Is it, is it a long process? Like a couple of months or a year or so? Um... It, for me, it took me a while just because I went to school and then I kept getting out because of work. Okay. And um, so it took me like probably like three years of me trying and trying and trying. And finally, I I said, well, I found this uh, this program online and I did it online actually. So that helped me a lot. I didn't really have to go to classes. I okay. just had to study and then I would take you know all five tests and then I passed it and I got my diploma. Um, under now. Go ahead. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> so, how, how how long did you end up? St- are you on your own now, or do you still stay with your mom? Um, I'm still with my mom. Um, I'm 
No, um, I actually did this move with my fiance. Oh, congratulations um, on that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so you and, just uh, moved in with him. Yeah. So, um, may I ask, is he undocumented too, or no? No, no, he's he's uh, he's legal here, and okay. he's he's a great man. Yeah. Okay. 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 So. Let's move forward to, so there's a, a large period of time you're thinking that you're undocumented, but you're actually legal. When did you find out that you were legal to be here in the United States? Uh, last month. Uh, actually, no, uh, July. I found out July that I, that I was legal here. So we're talking from 2002 to 2013, you thought you were living in the United States illegally. Yes, that's correct. So, so you were just for nine years trying to live under the radar and work under the table jobs when you could have been working jobs and to probably support yourself better. Yes, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I could have so many things um, by now. Probably have a a good job by now. Um, I would, I would have done so much better for myself. Mm, mm-hmm. But um, I think everything happens for a reason, and I believe in God a lot, and I believe everything happens for a reason, and He had a purpose for this. I don't know why, but I appreciate things more, and mm. you know, I, I try to always be happy and smile. And then with this gift, you know that that I have now, I'm gonna take advantage of it and do the best I can and. And, you know, do things for myself, go to school and, and, and try my best to, to have a better life for me and my daughter. And we Good. deserve it. Yeah, you guys do. I mean, that's a long time to be living uh, under the radar when you didn't have to, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, tell me, since you lived so long thinking that you were undocumented, what have you noticed about how America treats people who are quote-unquote illegal or undocumented I mean how, how, how do you feel well, well it depends um, some Americans they're really nice um, to some uh, they treat you really bad I mean they they will talk about your English or how you speak English and they will tell you to go back to your country um, you know they they think that they basically own you sometimes from the job and they they make you work hours and hours, and sometimes, you know, since you're working illegal, you know, sometimes they won't they won't even pay you. Um, mm. Maybe if you work after hours, some people don't even pay you, you know. And I'm not, and I and and I have, you know, illegal people like you know family that mm-hmm. unfortunately there's nothing, you know, anybody can do to 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 um, get them legal here, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen, you know, and, and I wasn't the only one that went through this, you know, mm-hmm. a few people in my family that, that, and, um, you know, I feel that everybody's the same, you know, Americans shouldn't treat anybody differently just because we don't have papers or legal, you know, they make illegal feel like they're nothing, like mm-hmm. they shouldn't be here. And, you know, sometimes we're even better than them just because we have a good heart, you know, we, we, we work bottle get money mm-hmm. and we appreciate mm-hmm. things some you know something that 
some of them don't feel like they don't appreciate something. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all the same. You know, they shouldn't treat anybody differently just because they they don't have legal papers here. Gotcha. So I guess it depends, you know. So some of them yeah. are good, some don't. Yeah. So tell me, um, because you have so many family and probably friends, what is the, why do you want to come to America? What's the, why do you believe life is better here? Okay. Well, um, when I came here, I didn't have, you know, I had no clue because I was young. And mm-hmm. now that I'm older, I, I come to realize that a lot of people come to America to live the American dream, which is, you know, work and get money and, and have a better career because back in the country, you know, like in Honduras, my country, a lot of people get robbed, you know, a lot of people get killed and they're scared. They just stay there. So they think that by coming to America, it's a better place, you know, which it, it is because I still stay here, my family still stay here, you know, and even though that we have to work harder here, you know, to get the money because, because you know, we don't have the legal papers and we don't have the opportunity father has. Um, so, uh, you know, just people come here because they think it will be a better place for, for school, for family and for a lot of things. Hmm. So, you know, you mentioned that the belief is it's better here. You, you can get a job and it's, it's safer here, but you get here and you see, uh, America has crime, I guess, just like any other country, and, you know, working is, is hard to find jobs, and sometimes the jobs don't pay you well, and like you mentioned, sometimes because the employers know that you're undocumented, they might work you and not pay you. I mean, do you still uh-huh. think it's it's a better place to be here than to be um, in your home country? No, I don't believe it. Um, I get it is a safer place here. Um, you know, better than, than our country. But mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, my family, I still have family in Honduras, and they live peacefully. You know, if, um, you know, if, if nobody bothers them, and then, you know, there's a lot of gangs, but sometimes gangs don't bother you just because they know you for so long. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I have my aunt, she lives peacefully over there. You know, she, um, she has a job, she goes home, and, and you know, she doesn't have that much money, you know, everything is so expensive over there. But um I don't know, I think that if if this country would um would just accept people the way they are, I think it would be a better place. You know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really hard. So I really don't believe it's the American dream anymore. Just because yeah. everything is you know, is so much chaos in the United States now with everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a piece of faith, you know, right now for anybody. So what do you, being a a mother who's coming from this type of background and you now have a daughter, I mean, what do you think or what do you feel about raising your daughter here in this country? Um, I think it's the best, I think this country is the best place um, that I know of. To educate my daughter, you know, the school, the schools here, they're, they're, um, you know, they're okay, but mm-hmm. she will be, you know, she learns another language. Um, I feel like she's, she's protected here, 
you know, the police here, they, they try and, and do everything they can to, to protect people. And, you know, and my voice, I mean, my fiance, he's, you know, he's a, he's a cop also, so he makes mm, okay. her feel protected. And, and, you know, I think it's a good, I, I feel good about raising my body here, really. Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess, you know, if you're going to have a, your fiance is a cop, I mean, you have some protection and, and a different perspective on the benefits of uh, being an American citizen because there's, I mean, the, the, the city employee and stuff like that. There's some attractions to that. So I think you're setting yourself up to have a better lifestyle and everything like that. I just was wondering, you know, being a female, seeing everything you've gone through, you know, how do you explain that? to your daughter to be um, open-minded about the differences in people. Uh, yeah. Seeing what her mom... Well, yeah, what her I, mom uh, had. yeah I've, I've done a lot of things. You know, um, I've been through a lot. It, it, it has not been easy at all. I I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, hope to any, like anybody to go through things I've been, you know, through. You know, um, it, it has been... It's, it has been really, really, really extremely hard for me mm-hmm. to, to move on in my everyday life. You know, every day was, like, hard for me to, to say, okay, well, tomorrow I have to get up and I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to, you know, work and get money. And, and even though I, I didn't like the jobs I had, you know, I had to get up. And my daughter was motivation, was my motivation. And, um, but it's, it, but, I know that everything that I, I been to is going to be for better, you know, because I know I can protect my daughter from all the things that I, that I have learned in life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, she's, she, I'm pretty sure that she will understand and she will be a better person just because I'm her mother. Good you know, deal. Um, Good. Because I appreciate everything and... She would be a better person just because she has me as a mother. Good deal. So we're going to take another break right now, but when I come back, I want to see if we can get into some more of the things that you had to go through uh, in this process. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's Lana Reed. Hello, hello, welcome back. I am talking with Aileen today, and she's been sharing with us the struggles uh, she's had as um, a actually a documented person who thought she was undocumented for so long. Um, you know, uh, Miss Lady, there's a in, in this immigration reform debate that everybody's talking about. There's a lot of back and forth, uh, and some people are always arguing that uh, undocumented uh, immigrants take jobs from Americans, uh, but I want to ask you, you mentioned you you had a job for $7 an hour as a coffee, at working at a coffee shop. Uh, what other kind of jobs have you had while you thought you were undocumented? Um, I, uh, I work in a, a restaurant and clubs, um, you know, like uh, at night, um, mm-hmm. and I've been a waitress. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I have seen houses, uh, and that's about it. Just, you know, so restaurants, you, clubs, and, and houses. 
Oh, so you clean houses and you worked in re- in restaurants and the highest paying job you had paid you like how much? Uh, it was the highest was nine dollars. Nine dollars. So, um, so then the point I'm trying to make is on the other side of the argument, people are saying that uh, undocumented workers take the jobs that Americans really don't want to do in the first place. So what is the complaint? Because who wants to work for $7 an hour, $8 an hour, $9 an hour? I mean, you know, it's hard to take care of a family off of those kinds of salaries. And, uh, you know, I think you should be commended for that. I mean, that that is a struggle in itself there to put food on the table, keep the lights on and all that stuff in California for 7 to $9 an hour. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. So now normally when, you know, you go get a job, you have to give a Social Security card and ID and all that stuff. Did you have that to give? Um, I did. Um, it was it was fake. You know, it was a fake Social Security oh. that I had to give. Uh huh. Um, it was um. Every time I went to a job interview or something, it was I was really I used to get nervous a lot. Uh, okay. Because I'm like, oh my god, what about if they figure out it's fake or they run it and you know they see it's fake? Um, but you know, some like for most of the jobs, um, they were under the table, so sometimes they they didn't request that, which mm-hmm. I think these are nice people just because they're you know they're risking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking in immigrants and just see them under the table uh, without, you know, any taxes or anything. So I believe they're nice people, um, even though they, they make you work harder than anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. You know? So you you go and apply for jobs and you have a, a fake Social Security or ID. Um, so you you for years you've been working and you you've been working as somebody else. So when it's time for you to retire, now that you actually are a, a legal resident here, you, you don't get the benefits of all the work that you've done. No, no, not at all. We don't know. We cannot, I could never, um, you know, uh, get taxes back. Um, mm. nothing like I couldn't, um, I couldn't apply for insurance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get the benefits other other people had in, in the jobs that I had. I had. Oh, wow! Um, just and because it would, I it know would... that, in fact, just because wow. I know if I did apply, I would probably you know get caught. Caught, yeah. And it seems to me like you know not all. You mentioned your employers were nice people, but it seems to me not everybody's nice. So you could go to work for somebody and then they decide, you know, I'm not going to pay you for today. You know, you just cleaned my house or you just served my customers or whatever, but I don't feel like paying you for today. Now, do you it's not like you can go and and to the uh, police office and turn turn them in or anything like that because you're trying to be below the radar. So there's there's opportunities for you guys to be taken advantage of. When it comes to work, then yeah. I guess. Mm. Yeah, wow. there's definitely yeah that that it's really hard, you know. Some people, you know, and and sometimes they won't even just tell you, oh, I won't pay you. They will tell you, and if you go tell somebody, you will get deported, you know. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of hard to be an immigrant. Um, you know, I think about it, and I think 
glad that, that I, I mean, I'm not glad because, you know, I, I still have so much more right now, but like I said, everything happens for a reason, and, and I'm glad that I went through all this because mm-hmm. now I see, I see everything so much different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like right now I, I started applying for schools, and, and in there they ask you, are you a, a resident or you're a citizen, and I'm happy to say yes. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's not going to change who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, you know, like right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a volunteer uh, to teach English to adults. Um, I'm going to training for that this Saturday, and I'm happy, you know, to be a volunteer. You know, they won't pay me, but since I am a resident, I can now I can be a volunteer to help others, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to to do that. Yeah, I'm just amazed that, you know, all this time, I mean, it's just in July that you just found out that you're actually legal to be here. That's such a long time to be living yeah, in fear. Yeah, so, a really long time. Yeah, so you mentioned before uh, the last break that, you know, you've had a lot of struggles or anything. Does anything stand out or any stories that you want to share, uh, things you had to go through th- while you thought you were undocumented? Yeah, well, um, well, it was hard because I couldn't go visit my family. You know, my grandma, she passed away, and I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I couldn't go to see her. You know, I saw my classmates. They would have, like, this good job, you know, working in offices and, you know, getting themselves out there and making themselves, you know, be good and, and they get good job and I was the only one you know working in restaurants and struggling and you know and they would tell me well why are you still here you know and they would mm. not they would not know about me I would never mm. tell anybody you know and and I didn't have anything to say so I was embarrassed really mm-hmm. all these years mm-hmm. I've been embarrassed um, you know like I, I feel like I felt like I wouldn't be able to find you know, uh, uh, somebody to, to look at me as who I was, mm-hmm. uh, just because they would, you know, they would look, um, they would look low at me. You know, they would be like, oh, she's, she's working at a restaurant. She doesn't want to do anything for herself. And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and just finding somebody, I thought it was going to be hard, you know, like both times. You know, I would always start turning down everybody because, I felt like I couldn't give, I, I wasn't going to be able to be the person they wanted me to be, you know, or get a better job like they did. But mm-hmm. I was wrong because I, you know, I found a great man that has a great job and a great career. And and now, you know, it's, it's you know, now my life is turning around. But, you know, and it, it was really hard, you know, walking to school, walking to work sometimes. It was pouring raining, and, and I still had to walk, you know. Sometimes it was really cold, you know. The winter gets really cold, and I would have to walk. And some people, you know, some people in my family were not were not nice enough to give me a ride. You know? mm-hmm. So they, they wouldn't give me a ride. And I don't understand why. If you have a car, why not give somebody a ride, you know? Mm-hmm. I, especially I don't get especially that if your family, right? Yes, yes, my family. Mm-hmm. And 
And I really never had, like, any friends. Um, I did, but they would just go away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I, I guess everybody was different. You know, there's just, you know, parties and do all this crazy stuff that young people do, which I couldn't do because I, I had to grow. I had to mm-hmm. make myself grow and, and become a woman. So mm-hmm. I had to do, you know, the things that not, not many people might for doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I also had a, you know, a case of abuse by someone, and that was also hard for me. You know, this was when I was uh, 14. Mm. You know, uh, you know, somebody tried to abuse me, which I'm glad they did not. You know, um, I spoke on time, and and and, that, and you know, but that that also made my life um, miserable. You know, that changed my life too. It changed mm-hmm. the way I am. In, in a way, because I can't trust anybody because of what happened, because he was somebody that I believe was like a brother to me. You know, he saw me grow up when, even even before I came to the United States, you know, he he met me when I was like five years old. And mm-hmm. ever since, you know, and that was, uh, that's something else, you know, that changed my life um, too bad, you know, because I can never trust anybody after that, you know. It's not something that I can never forget, and I don't think I will ever forget. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I that was that was really sad. Wow. But, um, so you you mentioned. Uh, I just want to pause for a minute. You mentioned that you were um, in a in a, ca- a case of situation of somebody close to you abusing you. Do you did you tell somebody, or could you did you feel like you could tell somebody? Based on everything that was going on in your life, everything else? Um, no, no, I didn't feel like I could tell somebody, so I kept it quiet. Um, mm-hmm. For like two years, I kept mm-hmm. it quiet, and I finally told somebody in my family. But uh, I guess after keeping it for so long, the, um, I decided that I didn't want to be here anymore, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I took, you know, I chose I tried taking my life mm. when when I was fourteen, and you know I wasn't to the hospital and everything. The person that I told, you know, called my mom and everybody mm-hmm. that maybe that's the reason why I tried to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how everybody found out because of you know that one person I told, and I was thankful that she did tell everybody because I finally speak it and. And, and tell everybody what I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, that was, like, it was good, but then it just turned into a whole nightmare. Because mm-hmm. I'm still believing people didn't. And, you know, I would have to speak about it every day. And it, it was hard, you know, it was painful, it was hard. And I don't think you can ever move on from that because there's sometimes. I used to forget about it, but most of the time it comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a, something real rough to heal from it and move forward on, especially at such a young age at 14. That's, that's a little rough to go through. Yeah, yeah it actually happened. The first time it happened was when I was 12. Wow. And I stayed quiet for two years and then it happened again when I was 14. 
So that, you know, that's when I finally told, you know, one of my cousins about it. And I guess, I don't know, there was a point in my life where I thought that I should just take my life and just, I was going to wake my kids forget about it. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do. And I thank God that I, that I survived that. Mm-hmm. Well, as you can see, we're, we're glad you're still here because you got a lot more good stuff that uh, you got going on in your life moving forward. So we're glad that didn't work out um, too well. But we're going to take our last break of the day, Miss Lady. So hold on. I'll be right back. You're listening to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Talking to Aileen today. And uh, now I want to talk about, uh, you know, the wonderful days that she has ahead of her moving forward. Um, since July, she found out that, you know, those years of living, what she thought was undocumented, she's actually documented. So in July, you found out that you were actually legally okay to be here. What changes did you make once you found out? I mean, what what changed in your life? Um, well, a lot. Just the way I, I, I felt like, because I felt like all these years, I, I've been free, but it kind of felt like I was in jail. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make myself known. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. And now I'm happy. You know, now I'm I'm happy. I'm truly happy. And, you know, I, I am trying to apply for school. I'm trying to get financial aid, and I just want to do, you know, so much things. You know, I, I, uh, I want to go to school for psychology. Um, okay. You know, help abuse kids, mm-hmm. help the others in need. You know, um, as you can see, I'm, I'm, I told you I was going to volunteer to be an ESL teacher, which mm-hmm. um, they they hired me already to do that. So I'm Congrats. excited to uh, to do that. You know. Um, and I just, uh, and I just see life better. You know, I wake up every day and, and I thank God for everything. I thank God, um, because there's always after, after every rainy day, you know, the sun always comes out and I have always been like this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have always said, well, you know what I mean? Things are hard right now, but one day, one day it will get better. And finally that day came and. And I can't thank God, you know, more because I'm here. I'm here, and I'm going to make the best out of me. I'm going to make right. the best out of you. That's right. I'm glad. I'm yeah. so glad that things have changed for you because that's a lot to go through um, unnecessarily. So uh, let me ask you: When did you meet your? How long have you known your fiance? Uh, for three years and uh, a few months now. I met him in uh, 2010. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, it's been today since like April 2010. Okay. So we've been, you know, three years and a few months now. Congratulations. <laughs> When's the wedding day? Or do you guys have one? Excuse me? When are you guys going to get married? Uh, we don't know yet. But uh, <laughs> hopefully we plan, we plan it, uh, you know, soon. But we don't know yet. Okay. So let me ask you this: How is it? How how did you find out in July? Did something happen, or 
Yes, I I I went to a, um, an attorney and I applied for deferred action. Um, okay. That's when uh, that's when a young you know child comes to the country, and I I guess I tried to apply to to have you know um to for that so I can go to school and and get a license and just you know be here for a work permit. That's what I applied mm-hmm. for. So. I got the letter on my house, you know, saying that it was denied. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like any other times, I was hoping that it would come and they would give me something so I could work and and do things. And it came denied, and I was really sad. I was so sad. Uh, so the next day, I called the attorney, and I said, well, it's not telling me here why it was denied. Can you please tell me? Because I... I I don't know what else to do. You know, I keep applying for this, and, 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 and it's killing me. Well, what else can I do to become legal? You know, I came here legal. I, I, have done, I haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And she told me, well, she said, well, Aileen, um, I don't know why you keep applying, because here immigration is telling me that you've been a, a resident since 2002. And oh, I was wow. like, what? I was like, no, no, you must be mistaken. I even told her, no, you're you're wrong. I don't I don't think that's true. And she's like, well, I wouldn't lie. I'm I'm reading the letter here, and that's what immigration is saying. And they they even sound frustrated because you keep applying. And, they, and <laughs> okay. you know, yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, what? I'm like, no, no, this is not. I don't I don't believe it. And uh-huh. and then uh, you know, uh, and then here in Virginia, I. I went, I looked for an attorney and that's when me and my fiance went and they told me the same thing. So, you know, I, I that's when it hit me and I was like, wow, <laughs> I mm. started crying. I, I, I didn't know how to feel. I was excited. I, I, I don't know. I, I still can't believe it, <laughs> you know, but it's true. And, and, you know, that's how I found out. My, my, one of my friends told me that. Wow. So and, all those years before when you were getting denied, that's the reason why you were getting denied? Yes, that's the reason why. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And nobody ever told me, I guess, because they wanted more money and they were just being a fraud. So yeah. the lawyers would look into it, see that you already were legal, but still charge you money telling you that they were going to file some paperwork on your behalf. Yes. How, how much? I mean, well, just how much are these lawyers charging you? If I can ask, what's the cost? Um, they would charge like two thousand every time yeah. they would they would file. Wow. And that's yeah, that's every time they would file. So it's been a lot of money that I have wasted, you know. And you were already uh, documented, and you were spending two thousand dollars almost each pop. Wow. Yeah, every time I would find, um, I would fill out paperwork. I, the, the thing that I don't, I still don't understand, and I would really like to find out is why immigration, since they, they saw that these attorneys would send them letters and, and immigration would put them as denied. I, I, I want to know why immigration never tried to get in contact with me personally or sending me a letter personally telling me, well, you know, you're legal. Mm-hmm. And I still don't understand that. I mean, they they do get a lot of money too. From they get most of the money too. Mm-hmm. You know? And they 
and even if it's denied, they will not give it back to you. And and mm. and I don't know, I don't know what went on there. I don't know why they never tried to get in contact with me. They saw that I was applying, and they were not sending me the reason. They were sending my attorney the reason mm. why. So I I still have that doubt why they never got in contact with me personally to tell me. Maybe it seems like it seems like a, a large money making operation there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So so my last question before we get out of here, um, once again, seeing everything that you've gone through, if you had one or two things that you would like to see changed about the United States immigration policy, what would you like to see changed? Well, um, immigration, I think. They should give, you know, students and people who had been here for many years and, you know, haven't done anything wrong to this country, I think it would be great if they give them at least, you know, a, a, a work permit, you know. Mm-hmm. They deserve to to be legal here and have a license to drive around. You know, that doesn't make anything bad, you know. It doesn't make them, you know, they're not, we're not mean people. And I say me because... You know, I still feel like I'm, I'm illegal because I don't believe it, but that's not going to change me, you know. But I mm-hmm. I do hope that people, you know, like me, get, you know, get, get at least a permit for work. You know, mm-hmm. they deserve it because they have worked a lot, and, and I think they deserve a chance, you know, for those who have tried and haven't done anything bad to the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, um... I think that's, that's about it. I mean, everything else is just, you know, chaos about all the wars and stuff, but I really don't, don't I'm not going to get myself into that, but, you know, <laughs> okay. I just hope that they do something about the illegal immigrants here. Okay. Well, my dear, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me today and sharing your story, and I wish you the best in your your life with your fiance and your motherhood with your daughter and, you know, your newfound legal status since July. And that's just truly amazing story. So once again, I thank you for being with me today. Okay. Thank you for letting me be in the, in the show. And <laughs> I am thankful that I, you know, said my story and I hope that everybody hears this and I hope, and I hope that they never give up just like I never did. You know, True. sometimes life is hard. But nobody, nobody should ever give up, especially try taking their lives because after, you know, a storm, there's always a light, you know, at, at the end of the tunnel. And even, even though it takes a long time, for me, it took almost 10 years. So there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't think anybody should ever give up. Look for for an everyday life, and it's going to turn out better. It's going to be better. Thank you. Good deal. That's a good positive attitude to have. Thank you so much. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and you can visit my website, lanareed.com. Until next time, I look forward to connecting with you.